I feel like every show we're like, that was the best show we've ever done. And I think we view the best show we've ever done as like, did people love it? And did we have a good time on stage? You know, we're going to get old, like whatever, but we're going to have some great stories to tell. And now we're kind of viewing stories to tell as like, there's going to be a side B, but like maybe there's a side C, maybe there's a side D because we had to. That's about uh, my heartbreak. So I would know that one anyway. <laughs> He's the singer and banjo player of six-piece indie folk band, The 502s. They're the happiest band on earth. They'll be performing this August at Lollapalooza, and you may know them from their songs, Just a Little While or Magdalene. Please welcome Ed to the podcast. How are you doing today? Woo! Doing well. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Excited to have you on. You know, I I was just like learning more about you getting ready for this, and it seems like everywhere on the internet that your band is it's positivity it's energy so i'm excited for you to bring that to this podcast absolutely i mean luckily you know i don't know that that was like super premeditated on our end but there's six six of us in the band and we all are very positive and when you kind of put the six of us together it's like the positivity gets amplified and optimism so it's nice to know that comes through in the music and in social and everything like that yeah yeah and so just to start off is that what you guys sort of mean when you say you're the happiest band on earth, you're just talking about all the positivity you got going on. Yeah. Well, somebody said, someone said that to us, a couple of people, a couple separate people said that to us at shows. They're like, you guys are the happiest band on earth. And we're like, that's a pretty cool tagline. Like, and it, you know, if the, if the shoe fits kind of thing. So, I mean, I would assume that it relates to like the sound of the music and our attitudes and the live show, kind of just everything combined. Um, it's also super nice because we are from Orlando and like Disney's the happiest place, uh, happiest place in the world or whatever yeah. their tagline is. So we're like, oh, that's kind of like, you know, similar. So yeah, brings you back to your roots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you sort of started the whole thing, the band, the 502s. How did you go about forming the band? And then when you're coming up with the name, where did the 502s come from? Yeah, so so the name the 502s was my address growing up. Um, we kind of we picked it really quickly, and because we were entering into this battle of the bands thing, we ended up winning. So like the name stuck. Um, we didn't really do any research on what 502s meant, but since that was like 2016, we've learned that it's the area code for Louisville, which is great. Someone told us it is the police code for drunken disorderly conduct in California, which is like makes us feel a little bit edgy if we want to go that route but it is from my address growing up um yeah i mean the band just formed too we're all from orlando there's six of us and it kind of just formed with like a couple of us at open mics and then little by little you know sean came who plays drums nick came joe plays saxophone and just kind of grew uh organically in orlando over the course of a couple of years yeah yeah and so just for you specifically how did you first like start making music? How did you discover like your love for music, everything like that? I learned the banjo my freshman year of college through YouTube videos. So there was kind of an impulse buy to buy a banjo. Um, one of our original band members texted me and was like, before, before the band was a thing, was like, hey, I play acoustic guitar. Um, it'd be cool if you learned a banjo, we could jam together. And so I never played instruments, but I bought one and I just started watching a bunch of YouTube videos and 
obviously there was a learning curve. Like I was wearing the banjo picks backwards for six or seven months, that kind of thing. Um, but as I started to learn, I just kind of fell in love with it. And, and then to play it in my dorm room and learn and then go back home and go do open mics and stuff. It was very fun to go up on stage and play and uh, kind of perform. And that kind of just was the initial seed of, of my love for music. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you remember what the first like song you learned on banjo was? Yeah, it, it was Awake My Soul from Mumford and Sons. Nice. <laughs> and I learned it because it was super easy. Like you didn't have to do any chords for, for the first yeah. half. It's no chords. Uh, you just literally went top string, bottom string, top string, bottom string for the banjo. It's like bottom, 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 if you know the song. Uh, so that was the first one I learned. It was, it was very easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Hey. If you're like me and you're interested in the YouTube or creator space, you should check out The Published Press. The Published Press is a completely free newsletter founded by YouTubers Colin and Samir. They host their own podcast talking to some of YouTube's largest creators. They've edited some of the best content I've seen on YouTube, and now they're sharing their knowledge about the YouTube space with you for free. The Published Press comes out three times a week, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, with everything going on with your favorite creators and platforms. And like I said, it's completely free. Just enter your email address to receive the Published Press whenever it comes out, and that's it. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the description below, sign up to the Publish Press, and get all the info you need on the industry. Once you form, you know, you're a six-piece band, so you got six people, that's like way more members than most bands. What's that group dynamic like when you're trying to like come up with music or in the creative process? How do you sort of balance everyone? Yeah, I mean, the group dynamic of the 502s is super cool because like I said, we, we started with like a small group, like a traditional folk group where you have like guitar, banjo, kick drum, that kind of thing. Right. And so it started off super small. And then we would say like, hey, we would love to have like an actual drummer. And then we would kind of try some drummers out. And like we found Sean, who really stuck. And he's been in the group for five years now. Um, so everybody that kind of came into the 502s there was no rush it wasn't like we just were like hey all right the six of us let's play right it was like oh we really like this person as a person and we get along with them and we need a drummer or we like this person and we get along with them and we need a saxophone player and so that that kind of unintentionally over the course of five or six years built us up into a six-piece band where we're all super close as friends and we understand how we work and like, well, if I do this, this will frustrate so-and-so. And if I do this, this will really make so-and-so happy. And like, we have a very strong understanding of each other's personalities. Uh, and so when it comes to like the creative aspect, everyone is super collaborative. And at this point we've kind of learned like, all right, maybe if I don't say this thing in this way, because it will frustrate somebody. And so it's really fun because everybody knows each other really well and we're super collaborative and uh, the songs kind of start initially with like a seed idea that I'll bring to the table and then we just hash it out and we're like, is this cool? Is this cooler? You know, could we do this better? And uh, then the songs kind of come to life. Yeah, yeah, nice. And b- back to that, like Battle of the Bands thing you mentioned, the first time having the 502s on stage, like performing live, what was that like for you? Uh, it was really cool. I mean, like, I think that at the time we th- we've always thought we're like super great and that that probably was not true you know the first shows that we did but we thought we were great and so we just walked up with like 
a lot of confidence of like this is going to be really fun and we're going to sound great and i think what made it really fun for me is that i felt that way but so did everybody else that was in the 502s on the stage and so it was just like this weird group of like this we're great this is awesome yeah. we've never performed before and so it's super fun to kind of be able to go up and wave our hands around and just scream lyrics and like mess around and so it was just really fun like uh it's always been really fun yeah yeah and maybe it is just that just like having confidence but what sort of like tips or advice would you give to other people just starting to make music or just starting to perform live yeah i mean i think for me like what gave me the confidence the unfounded confidence really was that i was surrounded by my friends who also felt the same way and we were making music that we really loved and believed in and so like making stuff that you really identify with that has always been really important for us and gives us like a reason to do it um you know it wasn't like we're like hey we should make pop music so we can get successful it was like we love this kind of music this is what we're going to do whether or not it's successful and then the group dynamic right where it's like we're making this and i feel this way but there's three or four people at the beginning that feel the same way and like the victory to us was always like, well, we just made the sixth song and like the 25 people at the Irish pub down the street really loved it. And that was super, that was like, we're like, we're a successful band. That was a great night, right? It probably didn't sound great, but everybody had a fun time. And, and so making music you identify with and doing it with people that share the same vision that you genuinely like, those have been the two things I think that are like staples of the longevity of the 502s. Mm -hmm. Are you a music artist trying to find a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible? Then check out DistroKid. DistroKid is a super user-friendly and super easy-to-use service that will make your music available in stores like Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, YouTube, Snapchat, everything. Everything you could imagine it's available. People will even be able to add your songs into their Instagram stories. DistroKid helps you with the distribution, monetization, and promotion of all of your music. Use the link in the description of this video for 7% off any DistroKid package you want. Pick from musician packages designed to help artists get their own music out there, or even get a label package where you can manage up to 100 artists from one profile. So that's more for like managers, labels, and you can also get the musician package that I mentioned earlier, which is more for artists, producers, things like that. And super easy, and you can get 7% off any package right now with the link in the description of this video. So once again, if you're looking for a way to get your music on as many streaming platforms as possible. I'm talking any platform you can think of. Get DistroKid and get 7% off right now with the link in the description. Back to the program. You sort of mentioned it there, like you you are very true to yourself and like sing to this sort of like indie folk sound, but some artists sort of come out and are like, you know, pops like the probably the biggest like commercial genre. Um you know, and there are like artists who are like making super short songs and just like catchy hooks trying to like catch on. What do you think of like this sort of wave, I guess, that's making music like shorter, poppier, catchier? Yeah, I mean, I'm all in favor of catchy music, you know, and I think that uh, I guess like people that want to make pop music, like go for it. It's I, I don't I wouldn't know the first place to start if I was making a pop song. I 
listen to a lot of folk music. I've always listened to a lot of like indie folk music all the way back to like, you know, early Avery Brothers, Mumford and Sons, Lumineers, that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff that I love. And so for me, it's like, this is what I'm going to do. And I would imagine that there are people that feel that same way about pop music or rap music or rock music. And so, you know, as long as people are being authentic to what they like, that's cool with me. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And you, you sort of mentioned it earlier when talking about like the whole group dynamic, but when you're in the creative process with the 502s trying to like make a song, what does that look like from like, here's an idea to something to like finish song? Yeah. I mean, it really starts off as like the ideas will just come randomly and they'll kind of just, I'll sit with them for a while. And, and I try to write every day, but I'll sit with them and kind of wait for the structure of the song to be like, well, here's the verse melody, here's the chorus melody, and maybe here's a bridge and kind of have a vision of like what the structure of the song is going to be. And whether or not there's lyrics, I'll have ideas around like the melodies and the dynamics of the parts. So then as rough as it might be, I can kind of bring that in and be like, hey guys, here's like the sketch of the song. What do we think? And from there, from there, it gets 10 times better, right? Because then it's like, yeah. yeah, like that, don't like that. What if we do the sax part here? And it just becomes like this whole thing that is way beyond what I initially imagined. Yeah, yeah. And so when you're sort of writing each day or trying to come up with these ideas, are you finding inspiration from other sources, other bands, or are you trying to keep it more like original and from your own head? Yeah, it's really, I mean, I would say that like probably influenced by other artists, even unintentionally that like, I mean, I'm yeah. wearing, a, a gym, wearing a Jimmy Buffett shirt, right? Like I listen to a lot of music just when I'm driving to the gym and back or driving to like our headquarters and back, whatever. Um, I just listen to a lot. So I'm sure that there are ideas that seep in, but when I write, I kind of will just have my guitar and I put my phone away and put my guitar away or uh, put my laptop away and really just kind of mess around with chords and riffs. And then when something peaks my ear, I'll be like, that's cool. Like what, how does this make me feel? And then just kind of go from there. Um, so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I mean, I mentioned it in the intro, but you're sort of going from this like very indie folk sound to now performing at Lollapalooza this coming summer. What's that like for you? Are you anxious at all, excited, like just building up to that moment? What's it like for you? It's, I mean, it's crazy. It's awesome. You know, one thing that I, I mean, there are six of us, right? So I'm sure everyone has a different perspective inside the group. For me, when we, when we started the band on my mirror in my apartment, I had written down, like my goal was like play at Bonnaroo. Um, and we played at Bonnaroo last year. And so now I'm kind of like, everything is icing on, and that's not, a, that's not a, like a slide against anything yeah, else. Yeah. That was the reference point. Um, Cause I had watched like the set from Mumford and Sons there in 2012. But I was like, this is awesome. Um, but so it's like, wow, Lollapalooza is fantastic. We're playing at Bottle Rock. And it's like, all these things are just icing on the cake to me of like, this is so cool. And so I'm not, I'm not really anxious about it. It's weird. I've, I've never really been nervous about going up and performing once we've form, form, formed the band. Um, I think that probably comes from like the fact that we did start in an Irish pub and I've never really, I've never really been afraid of like, I never thought I'd be doing music. So I've never been afraid of not doing music, if that makes sense. Yeah. My, well, worst thing is that we do absolutely terrible and 
the 502s don't exist anymore. I'm like, that's probably not going to happen, right? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, just I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Lollapalooza is one of those like big festivals that is on a bucket list. I know for Matt, who's our piano player and and one of our co-founders like of the band, that's been on his bucket list, like top of his list since we formed. And so it'll be a very cool, special day of like, we're at Lollapalooza. It's freaking insane. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, are you going to sort of like plan anything or have any rehearsals leading up to it? Or are you just sort of going in the flow and seeing what's going to happen closer to the date? Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely like rehearse and make sure like we have some new music coming out this summer. So I'm sure some of that will be like spliced into the set list. But we've honestly, we've already started talking about like, what do we want our set list to be at Lollapalooza and making sure that it's there. And that's one of the collaborative things too. You know, you were, you were asking about how the songs come together what's really cool is that it's the way the songs come together is the same way that our set list comes together and for us it, it's like we love the songs and we love playing the songs but all six of us love the performance aspect as well and so we'll hash out our set list like probably in the next month for Lollapalooza which is you know until not till August and then we'll spend two months being like okay here's the set list but like where is Joe standing on the stage at this point, right? Like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's really fun for us. And it's like, we're getting onto bigger stages. We can move around. And so um, we'll have, we'll have it all kind of figured out and, and it'll be a special afternoon for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess just like while releasing all this music that you have, you know, are, is there a song or maybe like an entire project that sort of, defied your expectations for how it would go like you either something you were like yep this is it this is going to be massive and it doesn't do as well or something you're like you know just throw it out there put it out there and it like blows up and gets big is there anything like that that you've yeah, had for sure i mean i think like the the magdalene was a really good example of literally just posted a video on tiktok and left and went to rehearsal and came back and it had a million views on it and we're just like what the hell is TikTok, right? Like this is like 2020 yeah. during like a lunch break or something. So that was definitely one where inside the band, we like, we were like, we love Magdalene. Don't know if anyone's going to ever know, hear the song. And so that was definitely one. And then the whole thing that happened with just a little while was, was like so cool because I don't think there's a way to predict like a song being used in a trend online. Yeah. And literally I would just like refresh TikTok every day and be like, is that 100,000 uses? Is that 110? It's like, this is insane. Uh, so th those are probably the two biggest ones that have kind of like just, we we love the songs. I've always loved Just a Little While, but we just have no indicator of like how things are going to go. And that makes it kind of fun yeah. for us because we just focus on like, do we love this thing? Do we think it's cool? Well, let's put it out. And back back to like the success of the band being that we played a show in the 25-person Irish pub when we started that's how I feel with new music and stuff. It's like, we got great guys. We got songs that we love and we stay true to ourselves. And we're like, that's the win, right? Like you record something you love, you put it out and we have no control over what people think. And so that, that's the fun part for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess like, so all, all of your songs have this like great upbeat energy to them that just sort of like, like I was just listening alone in my bedroom and I felt like I was at a concert, like had people around me listening to it. 
is there sort of a song of yours that you think like shows off that sound or if you had to be like this is the sound of the 502s is there like a song that you would put on yeah i mean as cliche as this sounds it's just a little while like that's our most popular song but it's also been my favorite song since i wrote it and like i just think the combination of the strumming banjo and kind of just like the upbeat trumpets and that kind of stuff it really kind of captures the 502 sound and energy like you were saying like this is this is what we are in a nutshell yeah yeah and as for like the literal songwriting or like meanings of songs do you think there's any overarching message you want to share just like as a band or does it sort of change song to song like this song is about this this song's about this yeah it's interesting because i think as the as the 502s have gone on like very early on i was just like i feel this way here's the song i think as we've we've grown like uh, our our career like the timeline of our career has expanded and we see like the different touch points of releases i can kind of look back now and be like well what we've always done is just kind of write heartfelt music that's either about like the positive aspects of life or very nostalgic and so it usually falls somewhere between nostalgia and like just like happiness or kind of is the spectrum that I view our songs on. And I, you know, I view nostalgia as like a different form of happiness, like a bittersweet happiness. And so that's kind of how I would think about it and how I do think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> you, you mentioned that like you, you won Bonnaroo, got Bonnaroo, everything else is like icing on the cake that you're like had a blast just playing, playing at the pub down the street. Is there any like, level that you're wanting to reach with this band or have you sort of just like reached that already and you're just seeing like where things take you yeah i mean i think that we're all super ambitious right like our next touch point is like we want to sell out red rocks right like that that's like that would be awesome um but the same thing it goes back to like we really don't have that much control over what people think of the music and so what we try to focus on is like making stuff we love and connecting directly with people. Um, you know, if you go on our socials, like you were mentioning them earlier, it's like, you'll see everyone's comments usually get touched or responded to like Joe handles our Instagram and he literally responds to like every DM that we get. And so for us, it's just like, well, we have our long-term goal, but let's just enjoy the moment. Let's talk to everybody. Let's put out stuff we like and it leads where it leads. Yeah. Yeah. And usually when like an artist or a band is that engaging that interactive with its community, it leads to bigger places. It leads to like bigger and better things. And so hopefully, you know, you do go on and eventually get that. Um, so like just for you specifically, if you got the opportunity to have like any artist or any band collaborate with the 502s on a song, who would you want that to be? Man, that's tough. You know, like, uh, I think that when we started, my immediate no, like, when the band started, it would have just been like Mumford and Sons, like my favorite band. That's the band that made me fall in love with music. Pretty much why I play the banjo, right? That would yes. be very cool. Um, I think that, like, the Lumineers would be really cool to do a song with. I think, like, more current musicians, Noah Khan would be really awesome to do a song with. Um, David Kushner would be really cool to do a song with. Um, obviously Jimmy Buffett that's like a bucket list I don't even I don't even know if that's possible at this point uh with his prestige but 
Uh, and I'm a huge Shakira fan, so wherever that ever fits, I, the crossover might be weird, but that would be pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, an indie folk Latin sound would be, you know, it, I, it'd be unique. I, I'm giving you that, but like, yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, I, I got to think about what that song might sound like too, because I, I can't quite picture it. But I love her stuff, and I always have, so that would be pretty cool. Even just to meet her one day would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so for you, do you have, like looking back on the shows you've played, do you have either like a moment or a full like set that's sort of your favorite or that like you thought was your best one? Oh, man. I, you know, it's hard. <laughs> this is funny, but like this goes back to like how we view the show. It's like, I feel like every show we're like, that was the best show we've ever done. And like yeah. every not the best show you've ever done right but you just kind of walk off and, and i think we view the best show we've ever done as like did people love it and did we have did we have a good time on stage but um i think that like we played a show the set at bonnery was very fun we played a show in chicago at talia hall which was very very cool that was the first thousand capacity room we did in the u.s that was probably one of my favorites. Um, Boston, we played like a 1500 capacity room. That was really cool. We played a 1500 cap room, which was the biggest room that we'd ever done last October in Dublin. And I got married that morning in Dublin. So that was pretty cool. Um, those are a couple like touch points that stick out. Charleston, we always have great shows in Denver. So, I mean, like I said, I, I feel like every show I'm just like, another great show another great show yeah and they each just like top each other and everything yeah. and i'm just thankful we get to keep having great shows so it's always hard for me to pick like a favorite show of all time yeah yeah and so i mean this is probably also going to be a tough question if that's the case but do you have a favorite song of yours that you've released or like you know a 502 song that you just keep coming back to or really like especially love yeah yeah uh just a little while I, you know, like I said, I, I know it's cliche. It's our most popular song, but I, I play the banjo. And so to get to just start a song with like strumming the banjo as hard as I can, it's always, <laughs> super fun. and it's, it's only gotten more fun as the time's gone on because now people know it and they sing along and it's like, it plays into that whole theatrical thing we were talking about on the stage where it's just like, I look over and all of a sudden Joe's like having a spiritual moment to this song. And it's like, this is incredible. So it's, it's just become more and more my favorite yeah yeah and so you your latest ep that you guys came out with stories to tell side a what can you just sort of tell us about that like how you came up with it um what like each of the songs means just anything you want to tell us about that project specifically yeah i mean collectively like we pretty much came up with that um at the end of last year and and we were going around europe at the time and like writing and kind of hashing these songs out and we came back from Europe in October and recorded it and it really was written in a time of like wow we're, we're actually doing some cool touring like last year was the first time we really did big tours and uh, last year we went to Europe and then this spring we went uh, around the U.S. and did like a six-week national tour and so it was kind of just written and released around that feeling of like here's what here's what our live show is like right like here's the songs we like Here's, the song, here's how it sounds live, like that kind of thing. And we really stripped it back. And instead of doing uh, 
I don't want to say we like produce a lot of our stuff, but it was literally like we played those songs live in the studios and, until we got a take we love. And that's what we did. Like, so it's like, this is the recording. This is what the band sounds like at this time it was really, really cool. Um, and stories to tell that that was that's the last song on there. And um, it that song is becoming one of my favorites. So we literally were like, we need a way to close out the set because we would always close out the set with like a like Folsom Prison Blues. And like we play the mm -hmm. super upbeat version of Folsom Prison Blues. And I was like, that's really cool. I wish we had a song that was like that, that we could close the set. It's like it'd be cooler to close the set with our own song. Um, and so the way we play that one was the beginning of, of stories to tell. And it kind of just evolved into this thing where like everybody on the stage comes to the center and sings a verse and it's like a song, but it's a performance piece. And uh, we were like, what's the chorus though? And it was like, you know, we're going to get old, like whatever, but we're going to have some great stories to tell. And that was taken from the fact that like we're in Glasgow in london we're in dublin we're in germany you know we're in boston and chicago and all these places and it's like who'd ever thought who'd ever thought we were doing this so it's pretty cool yeah yeah and you know now that you sort of have that you mentioned that you have some music coming out this summer what's next for the 502s what's the next project or songs coming out and can we expect a side b to stories to tell <laughs> Yeah. So the original idea was really to go like stories to tell side A and then like come back. And the reason we did it that way is because we um, we we wanted to put the music out around the tour in March, this last March that we did. But we're like, yeah. well, we have six songs that we really love. So let's put it out of side A and we'll come back and finish side B. Obviously, things evolve. Right. And so essentially we're putting out a summer EP now that. I went and I wrote and it's like Jimmy Buffett, Jack Johnson, like Luminearsy, like that kind of stuff where I was just like, yeah. Florida, we should have something that I, you know, I selfishly can yeah. listen to on the beach and my brother can listen to and my wife and like, like just 502's music for the beach kind of thing. Um, and so that's, that's coming out this summer. And now we're kind of viewing stories to tell is like, well, maybe there's, there's going to be a side B, right. But like, maybe there's a side C, maybe there's a side D, like, viewing that now more as a like reflection touch point of the 502s as we go through yeah. time. Um, if you're familiar with like the Avid brothers, they have the gleam where they've put in that, like the gleam version one. And then like four years later, it was like the gleam part two. And they just kind of do these things from time to time. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about it now, but there definitely will be a stories to tell side B not sure when, um, but we are putting out a summer EP and then we're eyeing like a, a full length album in the spring next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm looking forward to it and I, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think it'll be solid. So. So that's going to be like around Lollapalooza time ish. Yeah. Yeah. The summer EP. Yeah. So I think we'll probably put the first song out in June, next one in July, and then like put the whole thing out around Lollapalooza. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Yeah. And then just one last thing I have before you go, uh, it's actually going to be the first time I've done this. So bear with me. Hopefully we can get through without technical difficulties. I came up with a segment sort of called know your stuff. So I'm going to play like quick segments of songs that the 502s have come out with and see if you can name them. 
That's good. Yeah, I wish Matt was here for this because he would know it off of one note. <laughs> just, just like that. All right. Oh, yeah, sure. let's see. All right. Let me know if you can hear it. I know that one. That's because we had to. That's about uh, my heartbreak. So I would know that one anywhere. <laughs> well, I'm, so, I'm sorry to break up those memories. Oh, no. Everything's good now, you know. But yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a good one. All right, I got two more here. So we'll go on to the next one. Um, Friday night? Yep, <laughs> you got that, Friday night. And I just have one last one here. Uh, and then that'll be it. The thing, I like that segment, though. I was very nervous for that. Yeah. Uh, I've listened to all our songs in the process of writing them many, many times. And so I was yeah. honestly like, what's like a, like a live 75? That's like a song off our first album. And I'm like, that's like a deep cut. But you picked some good ones. Those are my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Favorites. That's <laughs> Thanks. pretty fun. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, that's the first time I did it. And I with this feedback, it definitely seems like something I should continue. Uh, I'm glad I, on my end, got through it well without like any problems or anything. And uh, yeah, you really know your stuff. So <laughs> um, that's all I had for you today. So thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you, the band, your music, anything you want to promote? Uh, feel free to shout it out now. Yeah, the 502s, uh, the 502s, no apostrophe. Wherever you want, Google, you know, Spotify, Instagram, TikTok, URL on a website, everything is the 502s. Uh, so you should be able yeah. to find it easy enough. All right. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And I'll leave a link to some of that down below. Dude, thank you. Great to meet you. And I'll see you down the road.